Okay, this is the next episode of 10 Questions, and I'm Thinker, and on the other end of the line with me, I've got the one and only Nicole Beckwith. Well, hello. I trust it's been a good day. It is Friday. It has been a good day, but I'm really, really glad um, that the weekend is here. It's been a busy week and a long week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's uh, we've had a little bit of a winter push through where I where I am. On on top of the fact that I ended up having the flu last week, which was no fun. Oh no! Yes, so. we had uh, snow here today too. So my son got a snow day finally. This is his first one this year, and he's so excited. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the snow the snow where I am is typical. Uh, it's, it's typical for uh, this city. It's uh, it, a little bit dropped, and uh, people drove like it was the end of the world. Um, <laughs> and half of it melted and refroze the next morning. Um, but then by the end of the next day, it was you know there's snow that was in the shade that's still around, but otherwise it's all gone. Nice. That's kind of how I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, let's dive into uh, question number one. Okay. Um, So everybody that is aware of who you are um, knows knows that uh, you spent a number of years being a law enforcement officer. I'm kind of curious, what was it? that drew you to going into law enforcement? Oh, gosh, um, that's a great question. So um, I don't know if you've heard my background before, but I wasn't always in law enforcement. That wasn't my first career choice. Um, it was what I wanted to do. Um, however, my father had different plans and um, didn't really want his daughter becoming a law enforcement officer. So uh, after high school, he requested that I go to college instead of becoming an officer. Um, I've always wanted to be an officer just because I feel like um, I always had that sense of uh, duty, that calling for you know, helping people, assisting people, and just bettering society as a whole. And that never went away. Um, you know, I kind of you know, started a career in InfoSec and you know, owned a business for a short time um, doing graphic and web design. And then I just, it was always in the back of my head. I still had that calling and that itch just never went away. Um, so I was old enough at that point that I said, you know what, dad can't tell me no anymore. <laughs> so decided to go to the police academy and um, it honestly is probably one of the best things, best decisions that I had ever made. Um, It was a tremendous uh, career. Um, Just being able to help victims and and help taxpayers um, in just the cases that I I was able to work on and assist uh, different agencies with is just a blast. I had so much fun and I was so blessed to be able to do all the different things that um, I did. Uh, I had so many doors open for me, and uh, it just—it was an amazing career. Well, and I know that yeah, I know that, uh, yeah, I, I know that there are plenty of days while doing while uh, 
being an officer that can be fairly mundane more than not. Um, so I, his, but but I, I know that every officer has at least one of those stories that just seems a little too wild to be true. Do you have one like that? Oh, wow, I have dozens of those. Um, what, what, what's one that you can share with everybody? Let's see. Um, I would say probably the craziest one, and uh, some people may have heard this story before, but it was definitely my undercover days. So when I was doing undercover narcotics busts or um, prostitution things, those were definitely the most interesting. Um, you run into the most interesting characters. And, you know, some good, some bad. Um, so I'll, I'll give two different sides of that, that coin. So the first one being, um, you know, doing a, an, a prostitution thing one day. And it, these are set up weeks in advance. And, you know, it takes hours and hours, um, you know, pretending to be a prostitute or an escort, call girl, whatever you want to call them. Um, and setting up the meetings with the Johns and times and dates and, you know, having to um, play that part and actually, you know, do the sexting and, um, you know, text back and forth with these folks. It, it takes a lot of prep work. Um, but one particular one um, stood out just in, you know, he had some pretty interesting asks uh, before the meeting, very specific on what he wanted um, when he got to the hotel, um, I met him downstairs, which is what we typically would do. I would meet them downstairs. My room would be upstairs so that between meeting the individual and getting to the room, I could get secondary probable cause so that in a court of law, they couldn't claim, well, it wasn't me that was doing the texting. So I always had to have that secondary probable cause. So I meet this guy, and right away, he looks so young. Um, he's got khaki pants on. He's got, you know, a polo shirt tucked in. He's just very clean cut. He's really nervous. Um, so I introduce myself to him and, and just tell that, you know, something's not quite right there. Um, so he right away says, you know, this is my, this is my first time. And, you know, the, the, you know, mother in me, the, um, you know, uh, I don't know, nice side of me wanted to say, you know, please just run, you know, go somewhere else. Um, this is not for you. You know, I didn't want to take this person down in a sting when it was going to be his first time. That would be horrible, right? Um, so, uh it, but you always, as, as an officer, have that, you know, spidey sense is what I call it in the background. And um, because there, there was something that just wasn't quite right with the situation. So I went ahead and went on with it anyways, trusting my, my instinct. And when we got to the room, you know, I opened the door for him, let him in. And um, I said, you know, make yourself comfortable. I'll be right back. And that, that was my cue to go into the bathroom um, had adjoining rooms with you know, where all the officers were next door. And then as soon as they heard the bathroom door shut, they would come in and make the arrest. So they made the arrest 
and this individual ended up having um, a gun on him and uh, ended up having drugs, a high volume of drugs and um, just some other stuff, knives and and things um, on his person that he admitted that this is what he did. Um, He would rob and rape and take advantage of prostitutes. Um, or if he didn't feel like robbing and raping the prostitutes, that he would um, just get them to feel sorry for him, and he would usually get it at a discounted rate. Um, so he definitely had malicious intentions that day. Uh, that was one instance where I learned that you do not judge a book by its cover. Um, and, you know, that was a real wake-up call for me as an officer. Um, I was probably in my first year, possibly second year at that time. Um, so I was still new to all of this. So it was a real wake-up call. Um, wow. So that, that was a, a little bit of a, a crazy, you know, time. And then um, the flip side of that, you know, that's that's a bad story. And then um, same, actually, uh, staying the, the very next day where we switched it and, you know, we were actually um, – arresting the prostitutes and not the uh, John. Um, and one prostitute in, in particular, um, I still have a picture of her that I, I keep on my phone. Um, I keep with me at all times, um, just as a reminder that you can do good in the world. Um, so this particular uh, girl, um, she was very young. Um, she had just turned 18 that, that week, and she was, you know, in need of money and just got caught up in the, the wrong situation. And, um, you know, there's not very many times that as an officer you can sit and, you know, counsel somebody or talk to somebody as a person. And she was willing to sit and talk to me, and so I took the opportunity, um, and uh, it, it's just very emotional to me, as you can tell, um, because she she actually was able to turn her life around. And she called me about a year later and told me that if it wasn't for me, that she probably would have been, you know, caught up in drugs and, and prostitution. So, yeah, really, really awesome story. And like I said, I keep her, her picture with me at all times. So, yeah really exciting uh, to, awesome. to be a part of that yeah so yeah it's a, it's always a uh, good good feeling to find out that you know, that you ended up doing something good for somebody definitely yeah so um i know we all have those stories that you know we've helped somebody but that one just sticks with me i'll never yeah. forget that yeah my my uh my mother is a retired teacher and um, she has she has many stories that, of similar nature. She, uh, it, you know, her, her her big thing she tells us with teachers, you don't end up finding that out until ten or fifteen years down the line, if you actually made a difference or not. Right, but, right. Uh, but yeah, she yep. she has plenty of stories of kids that uh, remember her and uh, often take the time to. Uh, get back in touch with her after they've gotten out of school and everything and just check, see how she's doing and always end up telling her that, that uh, she was one of their favorites whenever they were growing up. That's awesome. Yep. Okay. 
Well, moving on to uh, to uh, question number three. Um, the uh, one of the big things of, of the Nicole Aura that uh, a lot of people know about is that you are a sniper. <laughs> yes. Um, how, how does that come about? Not only to uh, to train and become a sniper, but uh, but also how was that to end up being the first female sniper in the state of Ohio? Great question. Um, yep. So I get bored really easily. I like to um, learn new things constantly. And one day I just happened to mention to one of my good friends that, you know, I would really like to become a sniper and learn how to shoot a rifle uh, for you know law enforcement. And she was like, you're kidding, right? I said, no, why? She said, well, you know, my husband is a sniper for, you know, the local police department. And I said, oh, I wasn't aware of that. And, you know, she kept it close to the vest for obvious reasons. Um, and she said, yeah, I can connect you with him. And actually, he's got a school coming up here shortly. Maybe you can attend. And I just got so excited at that point. So um, it ended up that uh, I was able to go to the school. So my work was definitely okay with that. Um, so I you know, took off from regular job for a week and uh, went to sniper school and um, did really well, had a blast. Um, it was 40 hours, sun up to sundown, um, or I should say five weeks. It's definitely five days. It's definitely more than 40 hours, but sun up to sundown. We even did um, night shoots and um, early morning shoots, and you know, if it was raining, we were shooting, so um, all, all weather and conditions. And so, yeah, I you know, thought it would be awesome, so I, I went ahead and did it, and um, interestingly enough, after I passed and they submitted my paperwork to the state, um, I got an email from my instructor and he said, hey, they just let me know that you are actually the first female certified police sniper in the state of Ohio, uh, which is kind of a big deal because there's only, I think at that time there were three in the nation. Um, I think LAPD had one and then there was, um, I believe Tennessee was uh, another one. Um, but I was the third in the nation and the first in the state of Ohio to be a female police sniper. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, and it just, I did it because I wanted to compete uh, and do long range shooting competitions. Um, so it, it was just something fun to do. And um, I ended up getting the certification and I have done a couple competitions um, since then. So, yeah. Okay, well, what's your uh, personal record for range? Um, I am accurate out to 600 yards. So um, within uh, a three-inch, you know, span. So wow. I, I have not have not hit the 1,000 yet, so I, I need to go to a special range to test that out. But, yeah, I'm accurate out to 600 yards. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if I if if I ever know you're you're hiding somewhere, if it, <laughs> if there's even the inkling that you have a rifle on you, I will be. Serious. It's all right. If you hear it, it wasn't meant for you. True, true. If, if, if you if it's meant for you, you won't hear it until after it got you. Right. Exactly. 
Yes. So, yeah, I, um, first competition I ever did was actually a pretty funny story because um, I had just uh, finished a case with a sheriff's office um, over on the east side of the state. And they hold an annual sniper competition every year. And it's meant for the top snipers in the state. It's by invitation only. Um, so the guys that I did um, the case with called me up one day. They knew I had just gone through sniper school and said, hey, um, you know, we had somebody drop out. We need uh, another person uh, to fill out, you know, our, our group. Would you be interested And um, they said, you know, we know it, it's your first time and, you know, you'll just, you'll just come and have fun, you know, no, no pressure. I was like, absolutely. Are you kidding? Like, I don't care if I'm last. Um, that's a, a tremendous training opportunity. So it, you're always learning. And one of my favorite quotes is, if you're the smartest person or the best person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. So always keep learning or training. Um, so I took them up on the opportunity and um, of the 17 snipers, because they ended up being one short anyways, um, of the 17 snipers, I placed sixth. Um, so that was really exciting. Um, even I had to do a double take. So when they were trying to tell everybody their, their score, um, the guy held up one finger on one hand and then five on the other. And I thought that he meant I was 15th out of 17 snipers, which I was really excited with that number because, you know, it meant I was better than two of them. So I was happy with that score. And he said, no, no, you're sixth. <laughs> and so if you, if you are in the top 10, you get invited back um, every year. So uh, I was invited back, but I was really excited that I, I placed that high. And I think it was because I went in with the mindset that, you know, I probably was going to be last, so let's just have fun and learn something. So I wasn't nervous. Um, so yeah, that was it was a really fun time. Yeah, so sometimes we, we uh, stress our own self out more than uh, anybody else could do to us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I do it. I do it every time with tests. Doesn't matter what test it is. I'm a horrible test taker. So, so speaking speak of which. Uh, uh, I, I know it was the uh, CISSP that you uh, recently tested for. Um, how how was that experience? Oh. <laughs> so um, I will say that you know I was just talking with my manager about this today, and it is probably one of the most frustrating things for me. I don't like to lose, and I don't like to not pass tests. Um, so I studied and studied and studied um, for this this test and I had started studying like months before we took the boot camp and I did a week-long long boot camp um, was taking tests and all that kind of stuff on my off time I was you know passing the tests and then when I sat down for the test oh my goodness I I have to say and and people laugh when I say this but the first probably three to five questions, I, I'm pretty certain they weren't even in English. <laughs> um, I just sat there and looked at them and was like, what, what are they even asking? Like, I don't even know what they're asking at this point. It was brutal. Um, so, and then, you know, I got a couple of them and was good and went on. And 
I would say probably about 75% of the way through it. Like I had, I had no question that I, I had failed, um, which I was hoping because our teacher at the boot camp kept saying, everybody thinks that they failed. Everybody thinks they failed. So I'm like, I really hope that this is the case, <laughs> but unfortunately it wasn't. And um, I really did fail. Uh, so I have to go back and, um, you know, really hit the books again. So yeah, uh, a little disappointed in that, but Hey, you know, everybody makes mistakes and everybody, you know, learns from those. And I definitely know my weaknesses at this point. So hopefully well, second time is a charm. <laughs> oh, hopefully so. Hopefully so. I, yeah. I, 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 I think I got you beat on test taking though. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I've never been the I've never been a good test taker in the first place. I, I'm one of those people that if I sit down and I start looking at a test, uh, you know, the first thing is is that if if I'm looking at a question, I either know it or I don't. You know, that there's I never walk into a test uh, with any gray areas. I'm I'm not going to really be able to work out too many things whenever it comes to taking a test. So. While most tests I have passed in my life, you know, never been very good at it. And in particular, whenever I was trying to finish my uh, my uh, undergrad degree, the program I was in, um, they had everybody take this test at the end. That um, it wasn't, it, it didn't prevent you from graduating if you didn't pass it. It was uh, supposed to be a uh, a uh, uh, indicator as to if the information in that program was aligning to the uh, aligning to the main program that they were trying to base the content off of. All right. Yeah. So so I go in there and I take I take the test and probably the probably the biggest thing that threw me for a loop was all the statistics questions. Um, <laughs> statistics is of the devil. Uh, we'll just leave it out of that. Um, but uh, so after after I taken the test, you know, well, first of all, I was the first one that completed it, and I was up and out. Well, once again, that whole I either know it or I don't. Um, but a few days later, I ended up getting contacted by the head of the program, and he asked me to come in and talk to him. And I go and what am I going to talk to him? I sit down in his office, across from him. And he just flat out accuses me of purposely tanking the test. Oh. And I'm like, and I'm just like, no, I guarantee you, I did not purposely tank that test. <laughs> and I, I told him if he seriously thought I purposely tanked the test, that I would even be happy to go back and retake the test all over again. Wow. And so I went and I retook that test and I intentionally forced myself to spend more time thinking about the questions, even to the point where I, where I would zone out. All right. I get done with the test. I'm still, I'm still the first one done and out of the room before anybody else. Mm -hmm. Any guesses on how much longer it took me the second time than the first time? No. About 10 minutes extra. Nice. And so I don't know how I did on the second go around. I probably didn't pass it, but I didn't hear from him again. Oh. 
So, it, so I, I proved my point. I'm sorry, but I proved my point. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah. that's that, that's me and Tess. I, I, I've never been a good test taker. I have never. I I love to learn things. I've never been good at school though. Yeah. So. Okay. But, but, but moving moving on from tests and all that kind of jazz. <laughs> um, I can just feel myself getting stressed just recounting that story. Um, <laughs> One of the things that is that I remember seeing you do that uh, struck me as just so so interesting. Uh, it's it, it is an out of the ordinary thing. I haven't normally seen somebody do this, but I remember uh, one time whenever you did a uh, uh, live stream on Twitch with your son, and y'all were going through this box of uh, of uh, international food, I think it was. Yep. How did that all come about? Yeah, so um, it's a it's called the Yum Box, UniversalYum.com. I'll plug them. Uh, just a really awesome company that sends you a monthly package that you know you can choose. I think they have small, medium, large, and they've added some extra options on there uh, recently, but you can have a subscription to this box and they'll send you a uh, food from a different country each month. And I started it because I wanted something um, that my son and I could do together that we could sit down and just really spend some quality time together. And it wasn't him in front of a video game or, you know, something to that effect. So I wanted something fun to do. So I gave him a few options. He chose that one. Uh, it started out, um, you know, the boxes were kind of more gross foods than they were yummy foods. Um, and it ended up being a mix at the end, but um, each month was so much fun and you would get, you know, different snacks and sometimes drinks and then, um, you know, chocolates or desserts or, or whatever it may be. So uh, just something really fun to do with him and um, we had a blast, and there are so many times where like he did not want to take a bite, but our rule was you had to take a bite of everything, no matter how gross it was, no matter if you just really didn't want to, the rule was you had to. So, um, yeah, there were a few times that he had to run to the kitchen sink and, you know, spit out whatever it was, but <laughs> but overall we had a blast doing it, so... Yeah, I, re- I remember the one time I watched it. It looked like y'all were both having uh, both having the fun with that, and it, 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 I, I, I might even venture to say you might have been having a little bit more fun than he was with it. Oh, definitely. I <laughs> I love playing jokes on him, and you know I think every parent just loves playing pranks or embarrassing their kids. So um, I definitely have fun with that. And, uh, his birthday is next week, and I will officially have a teenager. So, um, wow. you know, I know that those days are few and far between before mom is not cool anymore. Um, so, yeah. Take yeah, but, 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 but you, you got another one. You'll get, you, you'll get a few more years if you need to do <laughs> yes, that. Exactly, yeah. Yep. So it was a lot of fun, though. I enjoy it. Okay, well. Well, well, talking food, uh, 
what is the absolutely quintessential uh, breakfast for you, assuming you've had time to not just <laughs> moose the hair and actually, you know, and actually spend time on the hair and everything else? <laughs> right. Well, um Oh, gosh. My favorite, hands down, is French toast and bacon. Love it. Um, Actually had it for dinner last night, so we do breakfast for dinner every once in a while. So I had French toast and bacon last night for dinner. Um, But that would be my favorite breakfast. Um, But I would say on a typical day, I'm either eating oatmeal or some kind of uh, McMuffin that I can warm up in the microwave. Um, so yeah, or or just a like breakfast shake, something that's easy and quick. But, but yeah. Okay. So, or, or what do you put on your French toast? Oh, just butter and syrup. Butter and syrup. What type? Yep. Uh, you know, I'm not really picky on my syrup. I would say Aunt Jemima's is probably my favorite, but I don't know. I think most syrup tastes the same. I'm sure that we're going to get a lot of people that say, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Syrup is not equal. Um, but yeah, I would say Aunt Jemima's is probably my favorite. Have you ever had ribbon cane syrup? No, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Um, it's uh, it's probably, I dare say, halfway between syrup and um, molasses. Oh. Uh, it, it's 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 very it's very much different than your stereotypical syrup. Uh, it's darker, a little thicker. It has a very distinct taste. Uh, what it what is it called again? Ribbon cane. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll just double check it. I, 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 I always had it at uh, one of my grandparents whenever I was a kid. Um, okay. So uh, I I know that uh, if I asked my dad about it, he'd be able to give me the give me the source of where to find it, and I'm yeah. happy to pass that along to you if you're interested. Absolutely. But no, at, at that same grandparents though, whenever I was growing up, my uh, standard breakfast it always mm-hmm. makes biscuits. And I would take those biscuits and I would rip them up into little pieces. And mm-hmm. then I would put uh, Mrs. Buttersworth over the top of uh, that pile yes. of biscuit pieces. Um, and that, 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 was always, uh, that was always my go-to as a kid. Um, I, can't, I, I, I can't say that, I've, that I'm necessarily a big breakfast person as an adult, though. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I... I, I uh, you know, like if I go to a place like uh, IHOP to mm-hmm. grab some breakfast, I, I'm one of those people that would end up ordering from that from that pseudo breakfast menu where it's more like having uh, having a, a chicken fried steak on top of the uh, the home style potatoes with a couple of fried eggs on top. Nice. You know that 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 that's that, that's more my style, uh, yeah. especially. If the fried eggs are over medium, so they're not runny, but whenever you cut to the yolk, <laughs> all of the good stuff gets mixed in with it. Definitely. So, um, on, on that same food topic, uh, I, I, I know uh, I, I know uh, you and I had this discussion before, but uh, 
but you are uh, you are a meat and potatoes girl, right? Yeah. Okay. So tell everybody what that uh, what that ideal cut of meat is. Oh, definitely prime rib, and it has to be medium or medium rare. Yeah. So, so uh, the the cow can't be still mooing, but the cow the the cow can't even be close to being charcoal. That's right. Yes. Okay. If you are a well done, we can't be friends. <laughs> well, you I. Like- you like it well done, don't you? You remember, you yeah. remember. Yeah. I, but but I, I I don't like charcoal though. I, okay. I, I detest whenever I go somewhere and I order well done, and they just send it out to me burnt to a crisp because yeah. that's hor- that's horrible. Whenever you can actually go to a place that you can order a piece of meat and order it well done, and it's not charcoal. There's still something wonderful about a fully cooked piece of meat because okay, it can so it can still have its taste. It can still have some juices to it and everything. We'll agree to disagree on that one, but okay. Here's the real question: Do you put ketchup or a one or an other condiment on your your steak? I do not put a condiment on my steak. Good. Okay. You at least get bonus points for that one. Tell you what, if for some odd reason, <laughs> you, if for some odd reason you and I, I, if for some odd reason you and I ever end up in Dallas at the same time, mm-hmm. the I, I've stayed at the at the Brand High at the at DFW Airport uh, mm-hmm. two or three times, and I've always enjoyed eating in the in the restaurants there on the ground floor. If you, okay. if you if you and I are ever there at the same time, we will go there. I will order a well done steak, and I and you've got to at least try one bite of it. To to to, to you know even if even if you still don't like well done, you can at least admit that it's whenever well done is done properly, <laughs> that it's not bad. Okay. I will take you up on that, but you have to try a piece of mine too, so that okay. you know what the real flavor of meat and steak is supposed to taste like. Now, I'll tell you a little. Bit. Part of the reason I like well done steak is I have a horrible thing with food texture. Ah, gotcha. So well, I, 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 I will try one bite though because it's only <laughs> fair. It, it, it's only fair. All right, deal. Okay, so moving moving on from that, I have no idea when when either of us would end up in Dallas at the same time. So there's no <laughs> telling if and when that would happen. Um, but hey, if we end up in the same town, any town at the same time, and one of us knows a good steak place that that would happen that way, we'll do that. Fair enough. If, if, in works. fact, in fact, they. Gordon Ramsay steak. I put, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out the details to be at, at summer camp. Okay. And, and, uh, and of course, this will actually not be dropped until after summer camp. So, so if, if, 
I've been able to make it to summer camp. By the time people are listening to this, then we will have had the opportunity to maybe do that at Gordon Ramsey State. Yes, and we will do an update. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on from that. Um, all right. So, uh, one question that I call the quintessential nerd question. Uh-oh. Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, man. Killing me. All right. Um, definitely more of a Star Wars girl. I have, you know, all my Star Wars hoodies and shirts, and both of my dogs are named after Star Wars characters. So definitely have to say Star Wars, but um, I do enjoy Star Trek as well. Okay, so since you're a Star Wars girl, what, what's your official opinion on Jar Jar? Oh, he's awesome. Ah. I love Jar Jar. You, you, you are the first person that has had a completely positive reaction to, uh, to the idea of Jar Jar whenever I've asked. Who doesn't like Jar Jar? He's lovable. Um, well, go back and listen to uh, Amanda Berlin's episode. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah. Her, her reaction to the idea of Jar Jar was quite opposite. Okay, I'll have to watch. I'll have to listen to that episode. Then that's interesting. Okay. okay. Now, it, it, and uh, I, I, not a lot of people have uh, said this whenever I've asked that, but um, there's a few people that have agreed with me, saying that it's hard to pick between the two, because it's like apples and oranges. It is, yes. It is, but, you know, I think everybody's got their their favorite. Of course, of course. Yeah. I, I, I do like them both equally. I, you know, and I, I, I think I've kept up with new Star Trek stuff more than I have new Star Wars stuff as of late, so. Yep. And, yeah, my dog, so I have Chewbacca. Okay. Who... He's named that because he literally makes the sounds that Wookiees make. Like he oh. sounds like a Chewbacca. It is the funniest thing. Um, he we don't he's a rescue. I don't quite know what he is. He's just a little bitty eight pound like Pekingese Chihuahua Pomeranian mix of something or other. He's just a big ball of fluff is what he is, but okay. um yeah. And then I decided to get um, a companion for him and bought a little girl dog, and she is a hellion, first of all. She is just obnoxious. Um, But I named her Mala, which is short for Malato Buck, which most people have never heard that Star Wars name before. but Malata Buck, or Mala, is Chewbacca's wife. Um, Chewbacca was married in a Christmas episode, like way back in the 80s. It was like a one episode that came out during Christmas. And they had um, one son. And so I decided that that was going to be the name of my girl dog. So. You have taught me something new. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So, we, so we, we've got to talk sports. Oh, okay. I, I, I know that especially 
it, it seems like especially whenever you start heading toward the northeast part of the country, um, <laughs> there is some viciously loyal people to their city's team. Absolutely. And, uh, and you've already let on that uh, at least whenever it comes to football that you were definitely one of those whenever it comes to the Bengals. Yes, Bengals and Ohio State football. So okay. love my Buckeyes, love my Bengals. Are you, but, but do you venture outside the, the realm of football any? I do. So I like my Reds for baseball. Um, and then basketball, college basketball um, is the only basketball I watch. I'm not a big, you know, NBA sports fan. But um, uh, unfortunately, I am a University of Cincinnati fan. That's where I went to college. And although they let me down in um, the Sweet 16 every year, uh, I still have to root for them. So. You, you, you know what though? There, there's, there are just some that uh, there, there's just some that'll that'll end up doing that. It, oh my! Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. So I'm sitting in the parking lot right now, and um, this car pulled up next to me, and this little kid just got out and ran over to the um, light pole and peed. <laughs> <laughs> He must have really had to go. <laughs> and then he just ran and got back in the car. So, yeah, that was, yeah, right in front of me. <laughs> Interesting. That is oh. not, not, not something you expect to see when, when no. you're out in public. No. And, like, you know, my son's had to do that before. So, like, I told him, okay, open up the door and, like, and at least facing the car and like aim it at the tire or something. But mm-hmm. like he, he literally ran out in the open. Like this light pole is in the middle of the parking lot. Like there's nobody out here. Oh yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I, 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 even the uh, last time I was coming back from Dallas, I just uh, I I hit a point I had to go, but I was I was like, okay, where, where can I pull off? Where can I where can I angle the car where I can hide behind the car and all, all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Sorry. Yeah. So that's those are my sports teams. <laughs> no. But, hey, but, but uh, I was just uh, I was just talking with uh, with uh, Mitch Parker yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, we, and we were talking about the fact that there's some teams that it's not will they or won't they. It's will they or won't they choke at the same place that they choke every year. Oh yeah, that's my Bearcats. Every single year, they're in the bracket. They most of the time they'll get at least a spot, um, and they always lose the first game. So, I'm the loyal fan, and I always pick them at least winning one game. But I know I'm always going to lose that bracket. So, yeah, I I do the same thing with uh, with Texas A&M. I, you know, they, oh, if they yeah. end up in the bracket. I, I, I try to pick them as deep as seems feasible, but I always seem to pick them at least one round too far. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they're they're better than the Bearcats, though, so you at least have a, have a chance there. Oh, no, come on now. The, 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 Bear, the Bearcats have at least made the tournament a lot more than, than the Aggies have. True. I will give you that. So, no, and I, 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 I also still – 
find myself rooting for and pulling for the Aggie football program, but it's just, it's kind of the same thing with them. It's like (laughs) they can always pull, pull so close to it, but just never really get there. Kind of like, like last year, they, uh, thanks to that multiple overtime game that they played against Louisiana State, they ended up second in the SEC West. But because they kind of played average all year and because they weren't first in the SEC West, that was Alabama, then nobody ever paid attention to that. And especially now that LSU in this this most recent season had a deep run all the way and won the championship, you know, of course everybody's going to forget the previous year. Yes. Public perception, it doesn't matter how good or bad they do, public perception plays into it as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm one of those weirdos, though, that I, that I find myself enjoying sports that uh, source from outside the country. Oh, yeah, like soccer? Oh, not even soccer. No, I am a rugby fan. Oh, rugby. Okay. Rugby. I yeah, I love the game. It's a wonderful game. Um, and also, I'm I've started finding myself paying attention to cricket now that I've started to learn some of the rules of cricket. And cricket, cricket is intriguing to me right now. I can say that I have never ever watched cricket. Well, I, I haven't got to the point of of being able to watch a whole game yet because I haven't found where I can watch a whole game yet. But yes. um, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it, it's intriguing. I don't, I don't know if I'm fully interested or not yet, but uh, I'll, I'll figure that out, figure that out eventually. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I have lost count of questions right now. Yes, I have too. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I I I think I'm floating somewhere close to ten at this point. So, <laughs> All right. Um, and especially given uh, I, I look at the timer on the call, I, yeah, it's probably about right. Um, and I'll go okay. ahead. And, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, go to my uh, typical last question I've been asking is what's both the best and the worst advice that you've ever received? Oh gosh, best and worst advice. Um, Best advice uh, is definitely, um, you know, college professor who told me that you never um, say no to a good opportunity. So if the door is open for you, you take it. Um, a lot of times it's going to be a once in a lifetime you know, opportunity. Um, and especially if you have the ability to take it and clearly there are you know some opportunities that you just can't do, but um, if you have the ability to do it, do it because you will never regret uh, doing something, but you will regret missing out on something. So that's probably the best advice. Um, the worst advice, oh gosh. 
Um, that's a tough one. Probably be. Um, You know, we all have exes for a reason. <laughs> I'd say the worst advice is probably from my ex-husband who told me that um, I needed to uh, stay at home and uh, just focus on, um, you know, the house. Uh, so that was probably the worst advice. Um, clearly that didn't work out and uh, I didn't take that advice. which is probably one of the reasons we're divorced but but yeah so um I don't know I I don't have really any bad advice I guess um yeah I I to be honest I really am not somebody who listens um or asks for advice very often um I I just kind of do my own thing and go with the flow and kind of, um, you know, end up where I end up, but I don't know. Do you, do you bite back at unsolicited advice? Uh, I have definitely gotten, especially recently, I don't know what it is, um, a lot of unsolicited advice. Um, yeah, uh, I, one of which was last night. Um, after a certain Twitter post, uh, somebody told me I needed to stay in my lane. Um, I was on InfoSec Twitter, and I needed to keep it about InfoSec. Um, wow. So, yeah. So, which, you know, I, I get. Like, I understand people follow you for a reason, but we're also human. And I've seen a lot of people mention something close to that. Um we're all human. We all have personal lives. We all have things that we are excited about outside of our career. So, um, you know, I want to know, I I don't want to see every post from everybody just be about work or what their career path is. I want to know who the human is behind, you know, that account or those posts. So. Absolutely. And that's, that's, uh, one of the reasons I have it has enjoyed the the more often that you and I have talked because uh, it, it's it's just fun getting the getting to learn all those little details. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree. All right. Well, anything else that you want to add in, or anything that maybe you want to pause before we're done? Um, I just want to say thank you for having me on here. Um, I was excited when you asked me, and this is definitely fun, and I enjoy uh, I enjoyed it, and I hope to get to meet you in person someday, finally. Absolutely. Same thing. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up, call it an episode, and this, this episode technically is the season finale for season two, so... We'll, uh, Perfect. We'll we'll see everybody for season three. Awesome.